Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Face Yoga Expert podcast. So after quite a few weeks of solo episodes, I am back with a guest this week and my guest is Anna Ray, who is a renowned fascia expert. So you may already be really aware of fascia, what it is, what it does for your body, what it does for your mind, what it does for your health, or it might be a new concept for you. But either way, this is such an informative podcast to help you feel better in your body, to boost your wellness, and also to help your skin look healthy, firm, fresh, and fabulous. And talking about feeling healthy, firm, fresh, and fabulous, I wanted to remind you of my Face Yoga Autumn Retreat which is on Saturday the 30th of September, 3 till 6. And it's an uplifting, beautiful three-hour face yoga online retreat to feel positive and intentional changes to your skin, your style, and your soul this autumn. So within this retreat, we will be looking at the skin. So I'm going to be giving you face yoga and skin tips to naturally lift and smooth your face. We're going to be looking at style. So I'm going to be sharing some holistic home and fashion tips to feel healthy, happy and grounded. And we're going to be looking at soul. So we're going to be doing some calming and nurturing guided relaxation and sound healing. Now this is £59. It's a three hour online retreat via Zoom. And then you get a recording which you can keep for life. So if you go to faceyogaexpert.com slash sessions, you'll see all the information on there and you'll also see about two in-person workshops I am doing in September. So one of them is in Bath in the UK at Robin's Yoga Studio and I believe there are only a few places left. So if you're interested in coming and joining me for that workshop, it's called Face Yoga to Holistically Uplift Your Skin and Soul and it's very much about sound healing as well as face yoga, then make sure you grab a ticket there really quick. That's at Robin's Yoga Studio in Bath. I'm also at the Verve Festival on the 16th of September on the garden stage, and I am going to be doing a beautiful face yoga class there as well. So lots of opportunities to hang out with me live in autumn in September, we have got the online retreat, we have got the Fur Festival, and we have got the Robbins Studio. So make sure that you go to faceyogaexpert.com, click sessions, it's got all the information on there, and hopefully I'll be seeing you either in real life in person or via Zoom. So take care and enjoy this episode. Anna, a warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to be here. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. And I'm so excited to chat to you about everything you do, because I know you've been doing it for many, many years, for more than two decades now, and you're very experienced with what you do. And I know you've got a lot of passion for what you do and a lot of knowledge about what you do as well. And I'd love to start right at the beginning, because I know you're very into wellness and health now, but that wasn't always the way, was it? It wasn't my focus. I've always kind of been drawn to health and wellness. So I think that's what created this contrast for me when I was 18, 
just not feeling well and having a lot of body issues and a lot of health complications that for an 18-year-old dancer seemed really problematic. And so it kind of started with a lot of tightness and restriction. At 18, I kind of lived in this body, even though I was a professional dancer and I was pretty healthy. Um, I had tried to, um, I had had an eating disorder and needed to heal that. But it was almost like after that, my body just kind of started being really transparent with me. And I felt like I was in an 80-year-old body, even though I was only 18. And so some of the symptoms were like, oh my gosh, I was so sore, even if I never worked out. And so I was a Pilates teacher also. I'd been certified at 18 to be Pilates and by a bunch of different methods, trying to research what was going on with my body. But you know, when you're like super sore from a workout and your muscles, like you can't put your shirt over your head or it's hard to sit down on the toilet, but I hadn't done any really hard workouts. And I'm like, why am I just always so sore? Mm -hmm. And then it felt like my body was like wearing a full body straight jacket. Like I felt suffocated and like I couldn't really move from the inside and inside the, the, the straight jacket was like blunt and sharp objects. It would like push on me or like feel like things were burning. And so I think it was like nerve sensations and muscle sensations. And there were all these like kind of overwhelming sensations. And then it got a little bit more complicated where I would have like digestive issues and I'd go in for colonoscopies and I'd like try to go through this very Western route of like healing. And they'd come back with, you know, good tests. Like we can't find anything that's wrong with you. And so it became like this kind of mystery to solve like a Rubik's cube for me to try to figure out what was going on. By far the scariest thing was how it affected my respiratory system. And I would like go out and be a runner. I like to run and stay in shape. And I would go out one day and I'd feel like I had been training for a marathon, totally great mileage, great pace. And two days later, I'd go out and feel like a pack a day smoker where I could not like get up the hill and my muscles were burning and my lungs wouldn't expand. And I was really scared about it. And what I kind of like ended up gathering is that this is not just like, it's either a multiple different things, like I'm really messed up or is it possible that there's one thing that's really messed up and all of these are just symptomatic of that one thing? And I had done enough study in Pilates that I had taken a workshop on the emotional body um, and it was taught by a rolfer. And if people know, your listeners know that rolfing is a manual therapy that deals with fascia, um, more from like structural alignment. And it's where a practitioner like a massage therapist does work on you. And so I kind of started going down that road and I studied those and I had different sessions. And what was interesting is that a lot of the treatments that I got with fascia actually flared me up in my symptoms rather than calming it down. And I understand now 25 years later why. However, I started playing around in my studio apartment in San Francisco on a reformer that I had purchased and started doing my own stuff and would find this like amazing reprieve. And I'm like, well, if I do this, it will make me be able to breathe better. And if I do this, my digestive system like calms down and I don't have like, you know, my sleepless nights. And so I just started like putting together these, you know, random things that felt weird. Like I'd actually have to go into my pain and poke around. And that was kind of antithetical to what we want to do in our, in our health and wellness journey. It's like pain is bad and the opposite is, you know, good. But what I found is that actually going into my pain and listening to it, became the source of my healing. And so cut to 25 years later, there wasn't a lot of science about fascia at the time. I discovered I could do something with my fascia similar to the way you contract a muscle. And if you contract fascia and control its energy output, it really rewires and it's 
because it's a systemic system, it affects everything in your body from your skin all the way down into your soul. So that's why it can apply to face and to um, whole body care and to the psychology of who we are. Wow, that's amazing. And who is it that you mostly work with now? And who do you help through everything that you've gained from your personal experience, but also from all your professional experience over the years? That's a really good question. So I think my journey started off me realizing I was doing something significant with complicated body issue people. Like Mm -hmm. they would have chronic fatigue and they couldn't do things or they were two weeks pre-op for nerve pain going down their arms and kind of complicated things. And I would give them this very simple stuff that was so antithetical to what we're taught, right? And it was so opposite, but all of a sudden they start getting better and canceling their operations and stuff. And so that's been a through line of my work is just working with compromised bodies who have tried a lot of different things. But I did spend a decade in Los Angeles and I tried really hard to kind of chase the fitness because fascia was so preventative and it gave me all the aesthetics that I wanted, right? Like instead of me, like all of a sudden I got to be able to construct the body I'd already always wanted. And I didn't used to look like a dancer, but now I do, but it was because of fashion, not because I was dancing. (laughs) And so all of a sudden I kind of chased that. And even though I like working in, we call it condition, you know, conscious conditioning with GST, I found that people who are really geared towards fitness weren't really a hard sell because it was so different. Like when you do your GST, it feels like a deep tissue massage. It feels like you're going in and it feels like a release and like a burden has lifted, like you have more space inside. But our real workouts feel like I'm burdened, I'm fatigued, I'm super tired. So people would be like, that felt really good. But they couldn't really jump the barrier and be like, oh, I actually got a good workout. Even though I'm sweating, it's not doing what I thought I was supposed to be like, you know, we think of therapeutics on one side and fitness on the other, and we go break our bodies in our fitness, and then we go and have to take care of it. And it's like, well, what if what we were doing in our movement was actually like a therapy where it's like healing and, and, so I work kind of with a broad spectrum. We have fitness. I am now 45 and I have a one-year-old little baby boy and two little girls. And I'm like, I have to make sure that my health span matches my lifespan. Mm -hmm. And I do have longevity in my family. So I'm really kind of like moving into this passion of like, is this sustainable? Is this something like now that I am, you know, 99% healed, I think we're always working on ourselves and on a journey of like deep deepening our journey. But now that I'm here and I don't have this stifling, restrictive, constricting pain and complications in my health, what does it look like to actually use this to age gracefully and be ageless in my body? I loved, I watched a post of yours mm-hmm. um, where you're like, I'm 41 and I'm not trying to look 30. And you're like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I just want to like be, you know, you start feeling so good on the inside when you age, you know, and all of that other stuff, dr- the dross of uh, adolescence and 20s and 30s of proving yeah. yourself melts away. And there's a beauty in that too. Mm-hmm. And so if we can just like, you know, step into our agelessness and and be healthy and have our health span match, that's more my passion now as I move into, um, you know, the later decades of my life. So. I agree completely. And I think that's something definitely when you get into your 40s, and I'm sure it's more so even as you get into your 50s and beyond, that actually longevity and lifespan and health for as long as you can have it 
becomes forefront of your mind. And actually, I don't think it was until the last year or two that I actually thought about staying healthy for longevity. I always thought about staying healthy for the moment. And I think there was also a part of me which was about staying healthy to not go back to where I was 20 years ago when I did have a chronic illness. Whereas now, and I think it's probably because I see many friends who have got parents that actually, you know, maybe they're hitting sort of late 60s, early 70s, mid 70s, mm-hmm. and suddenly they're having all these health concerns yes. that actually I'm starting to think, wow, that's only 30 years away. So actually what I do today as a 41-year-old mm-hmm. is going to really affect who I am as a 70-year-old. And oh, really it's interesting. You don't think about that in your 20s and 30s. I definitely have always thought about health and wellness since the age of 21. I mean, prior to that, not at all, but yeah. as a high, high priority, but never for lifespan. So I love that you said that because that's something yeah. that's massively been on my mind this year. Well, I think that it's so interesting that it's, it's, I'm reading this really great book um, right now by Peter Atea and he's, it's called Outlive and it's, you know, talking about stuff that I've been talking about for a long time, but he's a medical doctor and he's talking just about how like health span is, you know, dedicated more by what you do in prevention rather than later in life. And so the only area of prevention that we really think of is in our face, like with our sun care, right? It's the only place or dental in the dentistry. And Mm -hmm. they think like, you know, there are the three things you can do to prevent losing your teeth and having a good smile. And, but if you look at the rest of the medical community and even in fitness and stuff, we're not critical and evaluating the things that are sustainable, right? Like you cannot work out in your fifties and you don't want to the way you're kicking your butt in the forties or I mean in your twenties and it burns your tissue and it makes your health span shorten because your body can't sustain the things that your lifespan might be able to. And so prevention becomes this huge focus of like, start in your thirties. And then by the time you're 70, you will have taken care of your body in a way. And that's why in GST, we call it body care. I don't really call it like fitness or a workout. Even though we use movement, mm-hmm. we actually use movement more as a manipulation of tissues, almost like a chiropractor with an acupuncturist. With a So I tell people this a lot because I think people don't have a holistic view. They think of holism as like my diet plus my exercise plus my, you know, cognitive health. And, but a holistic view is that you could take care of one thing and it affects all of your systems. If you think about diet and exercise, they basically address your digestive system and they address your cardiovascular system or your muscles and bones to strengthen. But you have your endocrine system, your lymphatic system, you have your neurological system, you have your I mean, I think you have like 11 major body systems and diet and exercise only really address three of the 11. And so that's what I got really excited about fascia and why my symptoms were so diverse is because fascia touches all of it. It makes all of it connected and run and be healthy. And so all of a sudden, when you want to go in and think about body care, there's only three tools of body care and you use them in face yoga. Mm -hmm. There's a lever, which is like a stick. And then you apply force, some type of applied load to get flow. Okay. So you have lever, force, and flow. Chiropractors use your skeletal system. 
levers. They apply force to get movement through the joint to try to get energy to flow through your central nervous system. Massage therapists use their arms, which are levers, to put into your tissue and load to try to get the tissue to release and flow. Acupuncturists use a needle, which is a tiny lever, and they stick it in the meridian to try to get chi to flow. So all of a sudden, when you look at the human body, it has five levers, your spine plus four limbs, and movement applies this really massive, incredible directive and specific load to the tissues. And then what you do as you move creates flow through the fascial connective tissue. And so all of a sudden you become your practitioner rather than, and I loved how you said this, but I think we got, before we got on camera, is like, you didn't want people to rely on you till the next session to do what they wanted to, to their face. Yeah. You wanted them to be able to do it any time. Yeah. And what I realized is that people are not empowered. In fact, our medical, you know, kind of community is based upon like dependence, right? You got sick and now you're dependent on me to know more than you do. And even in when I, you are a yoga teacher, I found that I was always told what I didn't know rather than what I did know. It's like, oh, you're not a master yet, or you're not. And what I want to tell people is it's like, you are your practitioner. You are the one with the levers and the force. I just am going to direct you on where you're going to push to get the flow. And once you start learning it, you are so empowered. You're not a passive recipient. Your health is no longer a passive. It's an active thing that you can do daily, just like brushing your teeth, just like flossing. And so it feels like I was aligned with your messaging of just like, learn how to do these things in between yeah. sessions so you can body care. And that fascia lets us body care so much more holistically than just fitness and diet. And it's much more empowering. It really is. And I'd love to take it back to basics. So I'm sure many yeah. of my listeners know what fascia is, but also there'll be many who don't. So actually, maybe you could summarize what that is. And I'd love to then talk a little bit about how we can keep the fascia, particularly in our face healthy, because I know many of my listeners love doing their face yoga. And actually, probably a lot of what you're going to talk about anyway is what many of yeah. them are doing, but actually applying it to the concept of fascia, I think is so interesting. It adds another dimension to it. So maybe you could just yeah explain what what our fascia is yes i will try to be really <laughs> brief <laughs> okay so for people to understand what fascia is is fascia is a term that's basically describing a type of tissue in the human body and it's as generic as saying this is a cotton shirt okay mm -hmm. so fascia is kind of like cotton and when you talk about it and if you were to open up your skin it looks kind of like a dewy wet gel like spider web inside of you and it's everywhere it is covering all your organs it's covering all of your vessels it's covering all of your insides your eyeballs your brain it is connecting everything together and so what's different is like if the fascia or the material the fabric of your body is in your organs it displays differently instead of it being kind of like a soft cotton it feels like a silk and if it's in your muscles and your bones, it looks more like burlap or kind of like a sturdier kind of fiber. And so it organizes based upon its function, but its greatest significant for what we want is when it's viewed as an entire holistic body system, not a material, not a fabric, but when it goes together and fascia has its own organs, the way it organizes around each 
type of body system. Now, these aren't mass organs like heart and lungs that are big and obvious. Those are called mass organs. These are layered organs and they wrap through. And that's why most of the time in history, in medical history, we've kind of ignored it because it looks superfluous. It looked like it wasn't that important. It looked like this is extra. I want to get to the heart that looks really important. And so we actually are now going back and a lot of research is pointing to all of these things. So fascia as a connective system, a holistic system is a sonic system. It relates to our sound and to sound vibrational frequencies. It's a hydration system, an irrigation system. It's a moving system. It's a detoxification system. It's a nutrient system because it's the way that our nutrients that we eat end up being able to be delivered to the cells. And so on all of these levels, fascia, if you did a big canopy, I describe it as like your body's smart grid. Okay. It's most significant thing is that it creates the energetics of your body. It is why your heart and your lungs can work next to each other and you don't have interference about the electrical output, right? You have an EKG and there's an electrical output from both cellular components of your heart and lungs and they don't get friction, okay? So they create the synchronicity. And this is based upon the structure. So when we go back into the idea of fascia as this holistic system, it's a biotensegrity structure, which just basically is going to lead into the conversation of the face where Fascia takes its structural integrity, that's where tensegrity comes from, through its multiple tensions, the way kind of like the Golden Gate Bridge is suspended and and supported by its connections rather than by pylons, kind of like the LA freeways, okay? And so when you start looking at its connectedness for health and wellness, but also for structural integrity... The muscles of our face are actually more dependent on their lift, on their tone, based upon how they're connected down into our chest than actually up at our face. And so a lot of times we go in, I kind of just said this a couple of minutes ago, and we'll do crunches or we sit all day or we're anxious and our head and our body just contract in, but then we try to keep lifting our face, even though everything in the torso is being pulled down. And so when we start looking at beauty, from the um, fascial and the connective tissue system, it actually is really more than skin deep. And so we go in and we want to build the tensegrity structures deeper into the thoracic cavity, which then allows for the energy to move up and create suspension. So primary action for fascia to suspend the face comes from suspension. And it's kind of like this way that the body is fighting gravity is another way to say that more um, simply. And so we need to find a way to integrate suspension in our lives, in our workouts, in our daily activities, microdosing our movements throughout our day, rather than thinking we can just, you know, apply some type of uh, exercise exclusively. And so I think that that's the biggest message of fascia is that because it's holistic and because it's all connected, you go to source rather than symptom, right? You go to the source of what that is. For me, it was a sickness inside my body. And if I fix that, then my body started to be better. And if same thing with the, you know, face, if you can fix the way that your torso is actually holding its tension, it creates lift through the cervical spine. For those who are listening, your cervical spine is the spine that's right at the nape of your neck. And it's supposed to have this beautiful curve. And it's that curve that actually feeds your head back. I watched you do one on posture yeah. um, on your Instagram. 
And how you create postural alignment is not actually with fascia positional. It's not like put your shoulders here, put your face like this. It's the expression of how energy is moving through the tissue, like this grid of like electromagnetic current that is actually feeding the subdermal layers of your tissues. Yeah. Is that I love that. No, we're all about fancy. (laughs) Let's be fancy. (laughs) That was so good. And actually, I think the main takeaways that I hear from what you're saying there is actually we're looking at ourselves as a whole. We're looking at our body because this is actually relating to our face. We're looking at the motion that we're doing day to day. We're looking at our posture. We're looking at how so many parts of us, including our cervical spine, is connected to our face and one of the big things that I love that I know that you said a lot in lots of things that I've read that you've been doing as I've been doing research into what you do over the last couple of days but I know that you talked about it here as well is the importance of motion so yes we're talking diet yes we're talking exercise we know all these things are going to nourish our face we know it's going to nourish our body but it's all about the motion. And what I love that you also talk about is that energy flow. In yoga, we call it prana. In traditional Chinese medicine, we call it chi. And I always think that everything's about energy and it's about circulation. And if you can work with those things, then actually you're in a really good starting point. So I'd love to talk a little bit about that concept of motion. What do you do? And so if you could, again, let's take it back to basics. So what would you say if someone's sort of really at starting point? So they're saying, actually, I want to look after my wellness and health, but really get into this concept of fascia for my body and my face. And I really resonate with that, that idea of motion. What would be sort of step number one, would you say, when it comes to, to using motion? Great. I think the first thing that I would say to people is I want them to be aware that there is motion under the motion, right? Mm -hmm. There's a saying that we go through the motions in life. And a lot of times we do that. And it's not unconnected, but it's not deeply connected. And so fascia actually has an impulse that you can contract like a muscle. And it feels when you start working with it, it feels like there's this subtle movement of current that runs through your body, through your tissues. And I want people to connect to it. It's not loud, like a muscle you can contract. It's like eight decibels, 10 decibels. Fascia is like this, like two and a half decibels, one and a half decibels. And it's for very good physiological reason, we won't go into it. But I want listeners to understand that we want to look for motion under the motion. We're looking for what is source rather than what is symptom. Now, most of us, when you can connect into fascia and choose it, rather than just choosing the way my arm flows, it's almost like choosing the way batter's moving in the bucket when the bucket is moving. So your body moving is the bucket. And when you're moving the fascia, it's like the batter in the bucket. And this is what actually is It's funny that you say chi and prana and all of those things are actually now being pointed to, to fascia. Mm -hmm. That's why I say it's your integrative smart grid, because it's what this energy runs through and it's what is metabolizing these subtler energies. So the first thing you have to know is that energy will block if it is shut down. And so there's three different places in our human anatomy, in our exercise modalities, practices, in our methods that are shutting down our energy. Okay. The first is trying to tuck your pelvis under to get a flat back. 
you're taught to protect your back by tucking your pelvis. And that shuts down the first suspensory. It's actually the second, but for this point of the conversation, it's the first point of suspensory energy. When force is moving through the body, our lumbar spine has to be able to create this sense of lift and suspension. It opens the gateways for fascia to flow. Second is our diaphragmatic center. Okay. It is right around what I call your equatorial line or your adrenal belt, Roman, where your bra line is. Your adrenal glands sit right there. And oftentimes, because of how we try to get nice abs, we pull our ribs down and create a solid core since it's going to be on video. We're taught to pull the ribs down and pull our butt under. Mm -hmm. What this does is it locks the core from energy actually moving through and it stops motility of our organs, which helps to keep a healthy microbiome. So we basically teach solid core to shut everything down. The second thing, or the last thing that I'll say, just be aware of is how we teach our shoulder girdle. And this really plays and wreaks havoc on our face because we are taught when the ribs are down, it looks like we're pulling down. And so then we're told to pull our shoulders back and down. So we tuck, drop our ribs, pull our shoulders back and down, which puts our head forward. Mm -hmm. Our true tone in our face comes from the energy moving through and finishing through the cervical spine up into our head and into our, our brain stem, which is right up at the occipital lobe. So these three things, tucking your pelvis, pulling your ribs, and then pushing your shoulders down your back is literally vicing strain down on these tissues and locks the ability for the energy to start shoving up and creating this lift through your face. It's the final you know, place where lift happens. And so we need to fix it from way down inside of us, which will help your microbiome, which will then help with your neck and shoulder pain, which will then lift your face and make it not feel so strained and stressed by just isolating it and doing those tones. So that's where the movement comes in, where you want to start gross motor movements, fix these things, untuck your pelvis, lift your ribs, do some breathing that really suspends. One of the things I was going to say is our technique that I wanted to share with you is being able to use your lungs as the primary suspensory um, system, like a, it's almost like the hoop under the skirt. The breath and the lungs are what create this beautiful decolletage lift that allows your head to float on top of it, it is the keystone. Another architectural thing is it's a keystone. Your rib cage is a keystone of your cervical spine and shoulder girdle. And so if you get that lift, all of a sudden your head is not heavy and your face is not being pulled down and viced by the muscular tensions in the body itself. And so we use, I can give a breath. Do you want to try just a couple exercises yes, to have it feel it? Okay. Yeah. Let's we'll try, try a couple because I... For people that are listening, because yeah. some people won't be watching this on YouTube, some people will be That's listening. Right. So we'll sort of talk it through as well. But as you're talking, yeah. I'm just like, oh, I want to move. It just makes you yes, want to move. I wanna, right? <laughs> it's really funny when you see movement that is good movement. Yeah. And this is my other just message. It's like, when you guys are searching for people to follow on Instagram, watch how they move. Yeah. Because if they move like junk, yeah. you can kind of see it. And it's like, no matter how good their instruction, they're teaching junk movement. Yeah. But if you want to feel that, like, oh, that would feel yeah. good. It feels Follow flowing. that feeling. Yes. Yeah. It feels flowing. It feels yeah. lighter. It feels mm -hmm. distributive. So let's do a little breath thing. And then, cause I was watching you do some nice stuff with lymph and yeah. um, one of the most prominent lymph valves that actually switch detox, uh, toxic 
lymph to clean lymph is under your left collarbone. And when we pull our shoulders down and back, we basically vice and stop the movement of that valve. And so all of the draining that you do, if you're just pouring it into a valve that's not moving, yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. So we have to give movement to all of these levels of physiology. So let's try this for a second. For those of you who are not able to see this, go to the YouTube channel afterwards. So you can <laughs> <Yeah. along. laughs> but right now I've got many of words for you. So interlace your fingers together and you're going to kind of pull them apart. And as you pull them apart, you're going to feel that you get traction, which means just pulling your shoulder blades off your back and exposing the middle back. This is where we're going to start creating lift for your face is actually from this area we call the third quartile. It's right between your shoulder blades. Okay. So you're going to inhale and pull your arms up with traction, lift your shoulders to your ears. You're trying to pocket and get holes and kind of like space right under your collarbones. Mm -hmm. Now inhale through your nose and make your lungs stretch up and fill the space right where the collarbone is lifting. Inhale, inhale more. And it's very athletic. This is not necessarily oh my come boom. It's very like I am super engaged and present. Yeah. So you inhale, get it up, get it up, get it up. Lift your chin. Lift everything. Lift, lift, lift. Work the lift. It's an effort. And then you're just going to exhale for a second and take everything down. Let the energy move. We're doing that four times Love because it's almost that. like taking the, the fabric and shaking it out. Yes. First, we have to open, and then I'm going to show you how to build. Okay. We lengthen and then we create more lift. Let's do four more of those, just one in a row. Right. Here we go. Lace the fingers. Pull up. Pull your fingers apart so your shoulder blades are coming off your back. You inhale, inhale, inhale. Lift your chin. Extend your sternum. The chin should lift. The sternum should lift. Pocket your breath. And then exhale and release. Two more. You're going to get fatigued. I bet you. Let's do two more. Here we go. Inhale. Inhale. Lift the chin. Lift higher. Everything is lifting up. Create a nice little small smile across your ribs, across your throat, and across your mouth. Bring it to your temples. And then exhale and release. Now, I said two more, but let's do for the sake of time. Once you've created the lift, we need to actually create the muscular strength to maintain it because we, who cares if we can do this? Yeah. We want to go and then push that air all the way up and through. So we're going to do the same breath, but in order to exhale, I want the people to keep your ribs open and wide Mm -hmm. and you're going to exhale from your back. And you're going to try to get the muscles in your back to push forward. And it starts this lift that increases suspension in your scalene. These muscles, the SCMs in your scalenes are suspensory, not tight and pulled down. You want to get wrinkles out of your neck. Fastest way is to really teach your jaw and your neck to open. So let's try that on the exhale. You have to work harder to keep the lift. It's You're going to feel like I'm lightheaded. I'm a little bit dizzy, but this is what it's like to change barometric pressure, which is that tensegrity model, right? Where the tensions in our face are actually more volume-based rather than muscle-based, right? Every muscle on your face is a broadband muscle, okay? Which means that it has more than one multiple attachment. So we don't really look at muscles on the face as from here to here, I'm just going to pull. It's like, how can I get this like... Full volume. You did this one thing that I do, which I don't even know why we, I'm sure it's 
intrinsic, but you were doing this blowfish exercise to give the body perspective of, and the fascia perspective of depth. And that depth on the face is super important to know where space is going to fill in and how the collagen is going to replenish and remodel. Fascia is responsible for cellular um, collagen remodeling. And that's another podcast sometime, but let's get volume. Let's get lift. And then we can start finding how to create that volume in the face based upon how we're moving energy through the tissue. So interlace your fingers. Let's just do three breaths. This time you are going to still focus on your inhale, Mm -hmm. but I would like you to focus when it's time to focus more on the exhale as if someone is taking their head, pushing it between your shoulder blades and pushing the muscles forward and up. Okay. We're creating this lift out of kyphosis. Aging makes our backs round. We have to fight that rounding to create lift up through the face. So let's just try three of these. When you exhale, I'm going to give you another tip. We want resistance, right? Muscles need resistance to strengthen. So if you're using breath, you go in through your nose and then out through your mouth. Like you're telling someone to be quiet. If you're not pushing your air and closing the aperture, you're not Mm -hmm. getting the resistance in the intercostals to be able to create suspension. So you're going to inhale. And then when you exhale, you put on this small aperture and you'll feel how every muscle in your torso has to engage. It's one of the best core works you can do is breath. Should we try? Let's do it. Okay. So you're going to inhale and you lift, pocket the breath up into your lungs. Get these lungs really filling. You might have to suck, 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 suck. And then you're going to exhale and feel your back fill forward and keep lengthening the energy up and through the scalenes. There, that's nice. It's higher than we think. So let me say this and then we'll do three more. Most of the time when you're working tissue, you work to the extreme. Gravity is constantly doing this on us. Uh, uh. So when you want to start lifting, you're going to have to go lift higher, lift higher, lift higher. And then when you rest, you're lifted. But if you only go half the lift to the way gravity is pulling on you, you're always going to be slightly saggy Mm -hmm. rather than having that lift being built. So work for the lift. If you're watching the video, you're going to not do it refined. It's not going to be perfect, but just explore. This is about learning to connect and be deeply embodied with your tissue and start feeling what does she mean by my muscles pushing into my chest? What does she mean by me getting my lungs so full that I can feel it here? I have a decent bra. (laughs) I'm saying I've taken my toe. I needed, I needed movement. Let's get to work. Now we get to get to work. So what I mean is this, you see how these hollows? Yeah. This is really important in aging, not just for your face. Our lungs are one of the first things that are susceptible to pneumonia. And that is the number one killer of people over the age of 70. Mm -hmm. So do it now. Your beauty can be your function. They are not separable. Your therapy is your movement. They are not polarized with GST and with what you're doing and teaching this holistic is that one is the other beauty is the result of healthy living. And so you want to make your body care support that. So let's try this. Mm -hmm. You inhale and you have to work for it. Lift your chin. You look ridiculous. This is one of the reasons it was hard for me to make faces in the beginning. I'm used to this looking ridiculous is what I did. This is nothing new for me. Get the length up and out of your your whole torso. Pull your fingers. Look up. If you want to breathe up, yes. Yes. 
Now, exhale and create lift through your back. Exhale, 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 exhale. The muscles hug you. Your ribs stay open, not down. The ribs stay open. And then you can exhale whatever's left over. You try to get it all out and you're working with those lungs. Yeah? Yes. Let's do one more and we can work with asymmetries in the face this way. Mm -hmm. We're going to do everything we just did, but I'm going to have you go right and left four mm -hmm. times to surge the energy to the right side and left side of your face. Now, here's a little secret. I think you know this. Your eyes in your head will trigger similar muscular reticulate. It's called reticulate patterning to creating lift in the face. So when you start moving to the right and left, close your eyes and I want you to look in the direction of where you want the tone or the load to hit your tissue. If you go to the right, you look up and you're taking the eyes up and it creates up, 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 up. Then we go to the left, up, 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 up. So here's the pattern. We inhale, get as much volume as we can. Stay with your air in, hit right, hit left, hit right, hit left with all that tension. Then you look up in the center and then we're going to exhale and keep that beautiful lift all the way through the torso. Yes. Great. Let's try it. Ready? Here we go. All together so that people can follow. Inhale. Lift, lift, lift. Collarbones. Get those collarbones up off your neck. You can even wiggle your head a little bit to your chin up. Get the arms higher, collarbones higher. Lift, lift, lift the lungs. Then reach to the right. Look up into the right temple. And then left, pull on the left arm, left temple, right temple, left temple, back into the center. And then exhale from your back forward, engage the muscles, 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 and then release. Shake it out. Shake it out. Yes. One last thing Love you can it. do is after you create lift, mm -hmm. you can go in with your hands. And I think you've done some of this percussion. Yeah is a different stimulus. So what you're doing intuitively with your people mm -hmm. is what fashion needs. There's so many different receptors, meaning what stimulation the tissue gets really matters. And so for fascia, you want to create different types of stimulation so that it's never bored, so that there's always this like listening, because that's what stimulates collagen and elastin productivity, where the fibroblast, that's the fascia tissue that is restructuring, gets to open. So let's just try this one last time just to get the percussion. I do it with my thumbs, and you're going to hit right along your collarbone. There's a bunch of different ways. Yeah, but what we're going to do, do it like this. When that, yeah. 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 Yes. Like now let's do yeah. something just because it's fascia. Let's we can do it your way. Let's do it your way. way. Um, I kind of do it for tone uh, tensometry across rather than having, but it doesn't yeah. matter. It, mm -hmm. When you do this, let's go and just do a little vibration. Hmm. So for anyone that's listening, what we're doing is we're tapping Sorry. with our fists just underneath the collarbone here, and then we're yeah. going to add some sounds into it. Yeah, so, so I'll, let, I'll let you demonstrate it so then I'm not banging on people for that, <laughs> that they're listening. So you, you yeah, go yeah. for it. You do it. So interlace your fingers, put your thumbs together so the knuckles are prominent. You're going to take the knuckles of your thumbs, hit across the collarbone. You're going to inhale through your nose. And then when you exhale, just put out a nice, mm, not high, not low, just a normal hum. It should be a hum where you try to get your lips and tongue to kind of feel like it's tickling. You're looking for this vibration. So sonic 
system of fascia will take that vibration and start to break up any adhesions or ossification in the tissue that is limiting stretch and pull. Okay. It's where the tissue gets harder rather than more soft and supple, and it needs to have that to get flow. So let's just do one so you can hear what I'm doing. Cause it's kind of weird. It goes inhale and then, and you can close your eyes and see that that it's almost like you're your own sound bowl. You're doing your own sound bath. Okay. And the fascia loves this like soothing and this like frequency that's more subtle and harmonious because fascia really synchronizes your body health. It synchronizes tissue and where motion is synchronized, there's not interruption. There's not there's flow. And when there's flow, there's less wear and tear and there's more life and vitality. So when we can include fascia as a harmonics into our um, conditioning of the body, it really um, exaggerates and it amplifies uh, total body health. Thank you so much, Anna. This is wonderful. Now, if people want to learn more about your exercises, more about what you do and continue on this process of healthy fascia, where can they find out about you? Perfect. Come to my personal website. My name is Anna Ray, but it's spelled kind of weird. It's R-A-H-E or Rahi. So you go to AnnaRay.com. And if you sign up for my newsletters and just kind of join the community, you'll get a 10% off discount on any of our, we have special equipment that we use. Um, it's just a nice landing page for you to be able to explore, uh, explore our online virtual studio through videos and subscriptions. And then also this equipment that we have for like the face, we have a whole face kit. We have stretching straps and a bunch of stuff that just amplifies. You don't need it. Your body is your primary equipment in fascia, but you want to be able to be like, you want more? Let's give you some more. So that's what that equipment does. So that's a really great place to start and find me. Wonderful. Anna, thank you so much. I feel amazing after those exercises. Isn't it wonderful that just a couple of minutes, what a shift for your mind, for your body, for your face. So thank you so much. It's been such a delight chatting to you. Thank you for sharing your time with me and letting me um, speak about what I'm passionate about. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate and review it. Let me know when you listen to episodes, tag me in on Instagram at Face Yoga Expert. And don't forget to check out my website, faceyogaexpert.com, which has all the information about my teacher training, my two books, Danielle Collins Face Yoga and the Face Yoga Journal, my skincare range, Fusion by Danielle. Collins and all the other courses and offerings that I have. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.